Welcome back, everybody, to this uh, installment of the pep talk version of the Taking Care of Business podcast. I hope everybody is staying safe out there. Um, we have another uh, exciting uh, podcast for you today. Uh, we have a couple of guests coming on. First up is uh, Steve Sennett, President and CEO of the Pro Group. And Steve's going to talk to us about a lot of things that they're seeing kind of from their unique vantage point as um, a, a group of distributors and also servicing retailers. But uh, he's going to also share with us a little bit about some of the changes that they made to uh, their plans and their operations to uh, uh, keep things going in uh, this uh, new lockdown reality that we're all in. And uh, after Steve, we're going to be sitting down again with Grant Farnsworth from the Farnsworth Group. And I know you're going to want to listen to this because Grant shares with us the really kind of initial round of data that they're getting out of their COVID-19 impact tracker study. And there's some really interesting stuff coming out of that, talking about how consumers and contractors are kind of heading into uh, this lockdown period with a little bit of different set of feedback. So uh, stay tuned and uh, sit back and hear what uh, Steve and Grant have to say. And thank you for spending some time with us today. Hey, thanks everybody for uh, coming back to listen to us yet again. This is our uh, latest edition in the Pep Talk uh, series of the Taking Care of Business podcast. I hope everybody is uh, staying safe out there and I hope everybody's uh, being productive. And, and like we say in every one of these podcasts, uh, the idea is to deliver you information, but also try and keep everybody uh, feeling positive and upbeat during these challenging times. Um, and information, as, as you guys all know, and, and, and insights just seem to change daily, and if not daily, hourly. Um, but that's why we're going to keep bringing you these twice a week to keep you as informed as we possibly can and, and, and hopefully deliver a positive message. And today, we're going to uh, sit down and we're talking with uh, Steve Sennett from the Pro Group all the way out in Colorado. Steve, thanks so much for joining us today. Delighted to be here, Jan, and certainly appreciate the opportunity to be with your audience. Yeah, great. Thank you. Uh, uh, Colorado, tell us a little bit about starting off. What, what's going on out in Colorado these days and what's going on at uh, uh, Pro Group? How are you guys and, and, and all your distribution uh, uh, partners uh, faring during this challenge? Well, uh, certainly our, our biggest priority uh, since the crisis began is to really to keep everybody safe, our staff safe, our customers safe, and uh, anybody we come into contact safe. And uh, we've uh, gotten most of our uh, employees the ability to work from home. And uh, so almost all of them are utilizing that capability and it allows us to comply with the uh, stay at home order that uh, the governor of Colorado issued weeks and weeks ago. Uh, uh, we've been using uh, Zoom a whole lot for meetings to uh, stay in touch with customers and staff and uh, we're also using Microsoft Teams which uh, is an alternative to, uh, to Zoom and uh, trying to keep it business as usual as much as we can but uh, I, I guess our main goal when it comes to supporting our distributor members and the retailers has really been about communication and communicating effectively uh, how they can uh, respond to the crisis and uh, deal with the crisis. And uh, uh, we've just got a ton of information 
posted out on an extranet website that really is the central repository for all things pro, whether you're a distributor or a manufacturer or a retailer, everybody goes to the extranet to get information. And uh, uh, I think somewhere around the 25th, 27th of March, uh, we posted uh, best practices for retailers to combat COVID-19 and our staff put together 17 bullet points, uh, got some from industry sources like NRHA and uh, other places to, uh, to go and uh, uh, follow guidelines on. There's links to the CDC uh, uh, website and safety protocol, but there's a lot of obvious points. There's things like, you know, wash your hands frequently, but uh, <laughs> yeah. less obvious uh, might be to, uh, sanitize all the door handles, office equipment, keyboards and phones, those kinds of things. So I think it's, it's a good uh, checklist for retailers to follow and feel good that they can be open for business and not be worried that they're uh, putting their customers or their staff in danger. Uh, uh, around the same date, we published uh, a press release where the retailer could put their name in and uh, let people know that they're operating under new guidelines they're practicing social distancing they're uh, you know doing what they can to keep everybody safe but come shop at your pro hardware store and we had similar documents available for them for social media postings and uh, uh, website postings that they, they might entail so communicate 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 would be uh, the, the big rule of thumb for us and uh, I think uh, uh, following the lead that uh, NRHA uh, gave us uh, was uh, really helpful. And uh, we've, we've got posters like uh, uh, the essential business designation that uh, lets people know in store uh, that we're practicing uh, safe COVID-19 practices. What, uh, what what kind of things, I mean, you guys are in kind of a unique position sitting uh, with with distributor partners and then also retailers working with the distributor partners and retail programs. So you're getting to see kind of a, a different sides of this in addition to the contact information you're uh, dealing with with the manufacturing partners. Uh, what are what are you hearing? Are, 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 are distributors and retailers, do you think they're kind of finding the groove of how to manage through this or are there still things that you're hearing that are kind of like putting out fires well i think there there was a lot of uh fire putting out uh yeah. for the first week or two uh but uh i do think by and large uh people have found a groove and a comfort zone uh we've had uh i believe 41 postings out on our extranet by suppliers to pro group for the benefit primarily of distributors and it's uh, special notices regarding availability, delays in shipments, uh, uh, new products that are available. Uh, we had a, a couple of uh, vendors that heretofore were not known for manufacturing hand sanitizer that now have that availability. Uh, we had uh, a, a pet vendor that manufactures uh, bandanas that are really uh, costumes for dogs and cats. and. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, you can use these bandanas for masks too. So that kind of information is uh, posted on the website. And uh, we've got a special COVID-19 area that uh, pops up first when a distributor buyer logs in. And it's got all these latest updates and communiques from the manufacturing community. 
be. And similarly, we've been uh, using Zoom conferences to let the distributors, or excuse me, the manufacturers, uh, be aware of uh, special circumstances that our distributors are facing based upon uh, their local market, uh, uh, stay-at-home orders, et cetera. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you talk about some of the um, kind of uh, adaptation and the changes that we're seeing. Some of these, uh, you know, again, I think some of the stories when, when, when ultimately the story of this era of time is told, particularly in this industry that are going to come out, are the stories about how everybody did figure out what do I need to do to help? What do I need to do to, I mean, like you said, manufacturers who are on a dime changing and saying, well, you know, normally we didn't manufacture hand sanitizer, but man, we, we can, we can do some things to do that or, or changing kind of their products. It's going to be, again, I think a story that's going to be positive at the end about, about how the industry reacted and came together and, and changed that normal way of doing business to meet the challenges that we're seeing right now. It's definitely been a good uh, adaptation there. We had a, uh, a really new vendor that had come aboard since the first of the year that really was brought aboard for electronic measuring uh, uh, devices, uh, more like uh, tape measures on the electronic. And uh, come to find out, they also manufacture non-contact forehead infrared thermometers. Oh, and I couldn't believe the volume that uh, was yeah. instantly done in that category when they communicated availability in uh, you know today's climate. Well, you know, you talk about adaptation and you talk about some of the changes we're seeing. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about kind of what you guys are doing at Pro Group with your virtual merchandising conference and how did how did this come about? How did you ramp this up and, and talk us through how does this work? You know, it's really been uh, a rather fascinating process to uh, adapt to uh, what's going on with the group merchandising conference. Uh, we really developed uh, over the last 15 years or so uh, notoriety for conducting face-to-face -face meetings, bringing buyers and sellers together is the whole notion of this conference. And uh, uh, we've been able to uh, leverage uh, the Zoom platform to accomplish uh, most of what we would have done in a traditional hotel format, uh, we used an embassy suites uh, facility to bring people together. And uh, you know, a few weeks uh, before the virus uh, really forced the travel restrictions and stay at home orders, uh, I had been to uh, dinner with an old college friend and uh, she's very successful in multi-unit residential construction. And she was telling me all about Zoom. I hadn't even heard of Zoom at that standpoint. And she's like, oh, Steve, you just have to do it. You can't believe how much more contact you can have with your customers. And it lessens the need for you to travel and be face-to-face -face as uh, often because you're face-to-face -face on Zoom. Well, I got done with that dinner. And uh, when I was back in the office Monday morning, uh, we immediately became a Zoom subscriber. And uh, we started doing some conference calls and uh, heretofore telephone meetings uh, via Zoom. And I'm so glad we did because we were a little ahead of when we had to use Zoom, uh, albeit only by a few weeks. And uh, our staff uh, figured out the ins and outs of Zoom, I think, pretty well. And uh, we've uh, scheduled uh, quite a few training sessions in order to conduct uh, a group merchandising conference. The logistics uh, entail, I don't know, 1,600 or so private scheduled one-on-one -on -one meetings 
between pro-group suppliers and pro-group distributor buyers. Uh, Zoom's not really set up to do that yeah. logically, if you yeah. will. You've, you've got to figure it out. And uh, thankfully, we've got a, a staff that's been highly engaged with it, and uh, they've figured out how to utilize the breakout room feature of Zoom to uh, conduct these one-on-one face-to-face meetings. And uh, all of our pro staff are being trained to be Zoom experts, if you will, that will host uh, meeting rooms where uh, manufacturers and distributors are assigned into these breakout sessions. And uh, uh, one advantage of uh, utilizing this is it's an enhanced layer of security. I think a lot of people have seen some uh, news stories on uh, Zoom's uh, right. confidentiality being breached uh, here and there. And uh, I think when you have 10,000% uh, growth in user base in a really short time frame, there's rather unique challenges that Zoom might have faced. But uh, probably the chief amongst them is the fact that with all these new users, they really don't know how to use the safety protocols that are in place at Zoom. Yeah. Uh, we, being a few weeks ahead of the curve, knew some of that, and our, our conferences require passwords, but when you come into a, a meeting room, uh, you're manually assigned into a breakout room to facilitate a one-on-one -on -one private appointment between a supplier and a distributor buyer, and that, uh, you, you can't crash into it, at least I'm, maybe a hacker will figure out how to someday, but... Yeah, never say never, but yeah, for now, yeah. It seems like uh, double security, and uh, we're just so excited about what can happen. I think everything but the handshake that would have occurred at the embassy suites can occur in Zoom, and we're kind of mindful that right now we couldn't shake hands anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's amazing that you talk about that because, as as most anybody that's on on our staff will will testify, is that I am the least techie guy. Period. I mean, I know so little. I'm one of those guys that's dragged kicking and screaming into any kind of new technology, but being thrust into using things like Google Hangouts and Zoom and all that, I was so shocked at how easy it, it sounds like you and I are doing a commercial for Zoom, by the way. We're honestly not getting any kind of, if they want to throw some sponsorship our way, that's great, but we're not, we're not getting anything for it. But it is so easy. And I think it begs the question, as you guys have done what you're doing with your with your kind of virtual merchandising conference, and some of the things that we're now handling remotely, whether it's remote work or, or, or just meetings and so on, it, it really begs the question is, how does what we're going through all, don't you think it's going to kind of change some of our day-to-day -day business practices? I mean, I, for one, will feel more comfortable doing a Zoom meeting, that's for sure. Well, I will as well, and it's truly remarkable technology just to get one more plug-in for our uh, unpaying sponsor that's out there, but I think there's always going to be value in meeting face-to-face -face. Well, and, and, and being able to share a meal or a beverage, uh, getting to know someone in a person-to-person uh, -person format uh, helps forge a business relationship at a deeper level, and we covet the time where we can return to that, but we are forever changed. Uh, yeah. And I think changed in a positive way with respect to leveraging this kind of technology, just like my college friend told me when she was explaining the benefits of this platform, she's like, you know, you can have so much more face-to-face -face contact with your customers than you ever had before. And 
I can imagine, you know, with uh, the, the virus environment that we live in, travel may be infeasible in certain regions or municipalities from time to time as we have flare-ups or uh, clusters or whatever these new terminologies are that uh, we've heard from uh, CDC personnel and uh, uh, virus experts. And uh, these kind of virtual platforms uh, give us a workaround where we can still provide valuable interaction, even though somebody might have had to cancel a trip last minute where they planned to be, uh, you know, in Atlanta on a certain date. Uh, well, some of us are still there, but you can use this platform uh, to uh, execute something that uh, continues to deliver great value and face-to-face one-on-one. Well, right, and I think it's, it's one again, one of those positives where I, I, I'm with you, is I, I think that, that coming out of this, people are gonna crave that face-to-face contact more than they, I mean, once you've been without something for quite a while, people are gonna be anxious to get back and kind of get that, that, that interpersonal uh, interaction. But at the same time, I think it, this has opened our eyes to a, at least guys like you and me at the very least, to, to new possibilities in communication where hopefully it'll augment that, that, that one-on-one face-to-face communication with, now we can have this other form of communication in between those kind of uh, you know, uh, events where you're, where you're all gathering together. What, uh, so when is, the, when is your virtual uh, conference going to be taking place? Our group merchandising conference will take place June 22nd to 24th. And uh, I'm still just stunned that our folks figured out how to do all this because it's going to be in exactly the same time frame that a physical event would have taken place in. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll be spending a lot of time, uh, in fact, several hundred hours uh, of training time with all of the meeting participants to make sure everybody's an expert at the uh, platform utilization, because uh, even as you mentioned, it's it's a relatively easy and intuitive piece of uh, technology to utilize, but it's new. So we don't want people to be uh, training themselves on uh, uh, important meeting time, and uh, we'll make sure that people are aware of the features and uh, technologies that they can deploy to get the most out of their meetings. So. Overall, in general, as you're heading into the conference and as we're kind of working our way through this right now, how is business? What are you hearing from your distribution partners about how business is going and, and, and any trends you're seeing? You know, remarkably, uh, business has been very, very strong. And uh, I would attribute uh, some of that strength to the leadership position that the NRHA took early on and I think it was a John Hartman initiative to have a uh, multi-industry communication to make sure that legislatures and uh, municipalities were recognizing hardware stores as essential businesses and uh, I so appreciate the early adaptation that uh, you and your team took with that because uh, I think it was a game changer and uh, Uh, Thankfully, our members embraced it, and uh, I think uh, they took the responsibility to serve their community seriously, and business has been just remarkable. We've we've heard from uh, distributors pretty heavy in lawn and garden items that, you know, thankfully had just a beautiful set of March weather circumstances, and 
people were stuck at home for a lot of the month. So you can guess what they did. They, they went out and planted gardens and yeah. this distributor had a record month in, in their region. And yet, uh, you know, we've got distribution in the New York City metropolitan area that has just been devastated. Uh, they've got a lot of stores that are closed in that region and uh, certainly is the epicenter of the virus. It's been a real challenge, but uh, I think they'll emerge pretty strong as well. And uh, thankfully, uh, they, they appear to be over the apex at this point. And uh, hopefully, they'll be in a position to reopen stores and uh, gather some strength again. But uh, across the board, this March is better than last March for pro members. And uh, again, I just thank uh, NRHA so much for helping us recognize uh, how quickly we needed to react and how important communication was going to be early on to uh, maintain the business. Well, well, thank you. And I think that, um, you know, I, it almost, it almost comes up in every one of these podcasts, but, but it, it certainly was uh, a, a moment where the industry came together and, and, and one thing that we keep saying is we have different executives on um, from all the parts of the channel to talk is that, I hope a lot of this spirit of working together and uh, and rising to the occasion that we're seeing throughout the channel, I, I I certainly hope this is one of those things that persists as we move beyond this. There will inevitably be, no matter no matter what it is, there will inevitably be another challenge that faces all of us. It might not be a virus, it might be something else. It could be economic, it could be natural, it could be a lot of things, but it's, it's so refreshing to see that when whatever the challenge is comes up, that that at least in this challenge, everybody came together to 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 really kind of support the industry, but to also make sure that you, you know, listen, even to the retailers, I'm sure you've heard this. I've heard from so many people, it's not about me being able to run money through my register. I genuinely wanted to be able to help my community, and I know that they need me to be here. I mean, everybody kind of associates, you know, a hardware store with, you know, the general public will think, oh, Home Depot, you know, but Home Depot isn't in every market that's out there. My mom lives in central Illinois, and there isn't a Home Depot within 50 miles of her. If she if she has a a, a, a water line break or or a, a, her toilet breaks, her only her only place to get that is at an independent retailer. That's her only choice, and everybody that lives in her community is the same way. So, so it is truly essential that those places stay open, um, and and so it was very important, and it was again um, uplifting to see the industry. Everybody put down their banner and say, "Let's come together and get around this issue." Absolutely, I, I think uh, you know going through a trauma together uh, can serve to really create a unique and lasting bond. And, uh, we in the hardware side of the business, uh, certainly are going this, going through this with a rather unique experience. And, uh, I hope we, uh, emerge more united than ever to help each other as an industry. And I, I suspect we will. Are you hearing anything? Um, I don't know how much you hear back from retailers on the front lines or even the distributors out there. Are there things they need or are there stories you're hearing about how they're adapting or, or, or um, uh, anything that you think would be worth kind of sharing with us? You know, Dan, you and I have discussed before how much we admire the spirit of independent entrepreneurs and uh, 
our pro hardware retailers have inspired me for a lot of years with uh, innovation and problem solving and just entrepreneurship. And uh, COVID-19 has affirmed this quality as essential independent retail uh, responded to the challenges. Uh, these retailers know their products so well and the services they have so well, and they've taken steps to uh, help ride out uh, the uh, changes, the social distancing, the sanitization rules that they've got. And uh, I, I'm inspired by some of the things they're doing, like uh, a retailer uh, just within the last couple of days posted his social media account, uh, his discovery that vacuum uh, cleaner bags are a great material to manufacture masks with. Well, masks are kind of tough to come by. Sure. But you can still order vacuum cleaner bags, and he has, and he's set some aside for people that want to make their own mask with it. And I thought, you know, what a, what a unique and ingenious way to right. uh, adapt the problem. Uh, another pro retailer posted that his wife, Leslie, is uh, making cotton face masks, and uh, John, this particular retailer, was just watching. He couldn't contribute to the uh, manufacturer, but he said there are two layers uh, with a pocket in which you can put a filter and elastic bands. And if you need one or want one, just let us know. There will be no charge, but we would take a monetary donation for the Harbor Beach and Port Hope Food Bank. Yeah. Uh, again, this is just great ingenuity at work and inspiring uh, what, what retailers are doing to help each other. Yeah, and you know it's 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 all those kinds of stories, and and I hope I mean everybody's anxious. To, obviously, everybody's anxious to get through this, and and all of our talk about businesses and what they're doing. It's certainly not to minimize the the real um, devastating impact that this has from a from from on healthcare professionals, on on the families that that have that have faced the, you know, loved ones coming down with the virus. I mean, that's, that's the real serious nature of this, but through all of this, um, you know, seeing, seeing again, this kind of innovation and so on, I, I think it is important to point out, I, I, I mean, like any natural disaster or, or in many cases, man-made disasters that, 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 that have a devastating impact. There's always these kind of stories of that, that give you hope, I guess, in, 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 in mankind and our ability to be be good to one another and and I think a lot of that is probably well needed out there right now so I love hearing those little stories and I hope we all keep telling those little stories long beyond when when we've come to a, come to an end of uh, of this because I think it's really important um you know is there anything else in terms of like I said we try and keep these podcasts um uplifting and so on is there any stories uh, like that uh, in addition to that or or even that you could share from pro group or your family that are that are just kind of uplifting that we could maybe end on that upbeat note you know i i, I would say one of the best uh, anecdotes that i've heard uh, in these times is uh, a delivery driver who was taking a long route from the distribution center out to the hinterlands to service pro hardware retailers and uh, he's used to stopping in truck shop stops and being able to shower and get a hot meal and uh, uh, this kind of thing but uh, with the COVID-19 restrictions there are no showers available at truck stops yeah. he can still stop and get gas and uh, the food's a little spotty sometimes they've got uh, hot food available but more frequently it's packaged food and you know a bag of peanuts and uh, 
a soda to hit the road with. And uh, at any rate, his, his wife posted a thanks on social media to a pro hardware retailer who allowed her husband to get a shower in the store. They happen to have a shower at their pro hardware store following his supply delivery. And also they provided the driver with a hot home cooked meal to send him on the way. And, uh, I was really touched by the fact that, you know, this guy's wife was writing in to thank the retailer and the retailer of course was very gracious about it, but said, you know, that's just what you do. And uh, I'm uh, really pleased with those kind of responses. Yeah. That's, that's, again, that's just, again, it shows a lot about people caring about other people and there's so much of that. And I got to say, particularly in this industry, we're seeing so many things like that right now that it's, it, it, it makes you feel good to be a part of this industry. Steve, is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we, before we uh, go ahead and call it for the day? I, I would just uh, applaud again uh, all the leadership we've seen out of uh, our, our National Association and the NRHA. Uh, we were able to put together a pretty good uh, communication to our retailers about the payroll protection program. And we garnered some information from you and, again, a variety of sources. But uh, I, I know we've had some retailers that became aware of the program because of our communication and some that have already been funded with the program. And it's a game changer as well to support their business through, through whatever uh, troubled times we have uh, coming up the, the path. And, uh, again, we're just uh, very appreciative to be in an industry that has as uh, strong of cohesion as I think what you and the team at NRHA have uh, developed and empowered. Well, thank you so much, Steve. And and I want to point out too that I've spent at least, and you could hopefully you, you'll agree that I, I've been hounding you for like at least a year about trying to get you on my podcast. And I'm sorry that the first time it worked out was under these circumstances. So I promise when all this is passed, we're going to get back together again and I'm going to have you back on and we're going to talk about all kinds of non COVID related stuff. If that, if that's agreeable to you. I so look forward to that day <laughs> and, and you definitely have uh, been on me to do this for a while and it was so painless. I should have done it long before. <laughs> well, we certainly appreciate your time today, Steve, and, 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 and stay safe out there and keep doing what you guys are doing because you, you know, what we hear from retailers is what we need is communication and product. And those are really the two things you were talking about is communication and getting them product. And, and if we can continue to support them in that way, they're going to do the right thing, you know, uh, out on the front lines and they're going to keep their communities running. So thank you for what you guys are doing too. Thanks again. We appreciate the opportunity. Hey everybody, we talked to you last week about this uh, pretty cool new research tool that's available for you to look at uh, being put out by the Farnsworth Group and the Home Improvement Research uh, Institute called the COVID-19 Tracker. Uh, and uh, we have Grant Farnsworth from the Farnsworth Group. He's back again this week, and we're going to have Grant come on periodically to kind of tell us what they're seeing from the tracker. And, and Grant, you guys had the first, uh, the first round of information came out last week, so welcome back. Yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for having us. We did. So we launched the first results last week. It was two weeks' worth of results, and Dan, uh, tomorrow we've got – uh, the next round of results coming out. So we'll be up to uh, three weeks of results uh, out to the public tomorrow. 
Fantastic. And why don't you start out and tell us just again, for, for those of you, I, I, I can't believe there's anybody that wouldn't have listened to our podcast last week, but <laughs> in case they missed it, because there's other things going on, sure. uh, maybe you can tell everybody a little bit what the, the impact tracker is and what you guys are looking at with it. And then maybe you could share kind of what some of the first round of results that you guys saw revealed, because I thought it was some pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Um, so the Farnsworth Group is a, is a custom market research firm that serves the building products and, and home improvement industry. We've partnered with Heary, as you mentioned, who is the leading um, secondary source of home improvement data for the industry. So we put our heads and brain power together and have started this weekly tracker amongst contractors and DIYers really to look at um, how COVID is impacting project behavior. Um, same questions week to week, and, and again, just monitoring those conditions. Uh, we'll be doing it for at least eight weeks. Hopefully, we don't need to do it any longer, Dan, uh, right, but we, right. certainly, we certainly can. Yeah. Well, hopefully, at some point, maybe it transitions to a post-COVID tracker to see how, how behavior has changed in the wake of everything. And boy, with how fast things are moving, that could be that could be in three weeks. Who knows, right? Yeah, well, let, 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 let's hope it's sooner rather than later. Right. Why don't you share, you know, I, I signed up to, to, to get the regular reports and NRHA is a member of HERI. And so, um, and we'll talk about this again at the end about, how, but how can people sign up to get this information? And the great part is you guys are giving out a lot of data that's, that doesn't cost anything to get your hands on. Yeah, it, it's free. Listen, we all in the home improvement, the buildings, uh, product space, lawn and garden, um, we need as much information as possible right now as quickly as we can get it. Um, those that can understand how behaviors changed overnight, um, the quicker you can learn that and what behaviors have changed, the quicker you can adjust not only the current conditions to serve the market needs, but going going forward. So you can access the results at thefarnsworthgroup.com slash covid um, if you're a HERI member, you can go to HERI.org, that's H-I-R-I.org, and get results there as well. Yeah, fantastic. And, and, and so I had a chance to kind of look through, and I actually I appreciate it because I was given a webinar and I was actually able to use some of the data <laughs> for the audience I was talking about. So I appreciate you getting that to me right in time. It's actually useful stuff, Dan, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but there was a lot of good information, a lot of insightful stuff, and, and kind of just the top line read that I got on it was, you know, we are seeing some attitudinal, some behavioral changes that yep. are being driven by, by COVID. Maybe you can talk to us a little bit about kind of some of those yeah. some of those results and impact that you are seeing. Absolutely. And there's almost uh, two stories happening. So let's start with the DIYers. I think that's that's really the bright spot um, that we see in the data. We also hear this anecdotally talking with a lot of our colleagues on the manufacturing side, as well as some on the supplier side. So when we look at the tracker and, and the results of the research uh, through the first three weeks, we see that over 60% have started at least one DIY project in the past week or two. And 86% of those stated that they started that project because of impacts of COVID. Yeah. yeah. So there is a direct association with, yep, I started something and it's because of this crisis. And when we ask, well, what about COVID caused you to start it? Surprise, surprise. The number one thing is I'm at home and I now have time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, we, we're seeing the increase of DIY projects actually a little bit higher week over week when we look at the Northeast and the Midwest. So there are even pockets within DIY activity that may be better than others. Yeah, yeah. Now, how far are you guys breaking the data out? 
Uh, I mean, are you doing it regionally, or are you gonna are you gonna be able to do that, or is that? Uh, we are, yeah. So we're 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 sharing results not only in total, but we look at it on the DIY side. We look at it by region, and we look at it by generation. Um, for example, when we look at it by generation, we see that the older the DIYer, the less likely they are to have canceled any of their DIY projects over the okay. last week. Um, and then the, the younger the DIY, the more likely they are to plan or plan on starting a DIY project in the next week or two. So there are some nuances, and this is what we work with our clients on, that you know, the deeper you dig, the more you really, really learn some of these granularities that can help your strategy, help your merchandising, help your sales, and, and, and certainly planning going forward. And we are seeing that in the COVID tracker. Yeah, and, and what's really going to be interesting to follow is how as this persists you know we've been kind of referring to it as the first wave you know mm -hmm. the first wave of of everybody being at home that mm -hmm. first few weeks of now i'm at home now i want to tackle these projects yeah that's going to persist so it'll be really interesting to see that really kind of up to the minute tracker that you guys have to yeah. see where this is headed well and, and here's what we're seeing so far to that point um the 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 the, the the category that was on fire the first week was paint. Right. Um, I, I think that's a, it's a very easy, easy. It's, it's a typically a higher incidence project, even in non COVID times. Right. Week after week, paint is still, still pretty hot, but it's slowly been declining. And now as the weather's turning, we're starting to see lawn and garden and lawn maintenance jump up yeah. um, to kind of be in line with paint. So we are seeing as time goes on some subtle shifts, not only in their intentions, what they're going to be doing as well so it's pretty interesting yeah and now you said it was kind of a a, a, a tale of two stories here a tale, yeah. <laughs> a tale of two customers um it, let's talk for a minute about because you guys aren't just looking at diy behavior you're also talking to contractors and asking right. them what are you saying what were some of the what were some of the things that that you saw out of the contractor side yeah, so no surprise um, when we talk about contracts, and, and, and these are residential contractors, uh, remodel, repair, replace contractors. Um, no surprise that the strong majority have had projects delayed or canceled due to COVID. Um, what I found fascinating, and it's been consistent now for three weeks, is those cancellations are less about finance, though finance is becoming more of a concern. Um, it is concerned still around health and not just the homeowner's health, but contractors saying that they're concerned about their health and their employees' health. Yeah. So it's really um, you know, that, that whole view of health concerns, um, not just the homeowner saying, I don't want you in the home. But again, it's, it's also coming from the contractor side, which was interesting to see. Yeah. And, and again, everybody um, that's listening, I just want to make sure there is absolutely no reason you shouldn't go out there and sign up to get this uh, sent to you it's there's no strings attached where you get all you know just what we were talking about here is just the top line stuff but all this information that's available for free it, it it's available with a, a pretty good amount of detail yeah and and so again grant just one one more time where, where does someone go to get this information appreciate the plugs dan thanks um they can, they can go to our website so the farnsworthgroup.com slash covid and again, if you're a HERI member, you can go to HIRI.org. And if you're not a HERI member, you can also go to HIRI.org to become a HERI member and receive uh, the reports as well. 
and you guys are coming out with a new report every Wednesday, correct? Every Wednesday. We release updated results every Wednesday. So we show the data from each week and how it's progressing along. Good, bad, same. We'll yeah. try to provide some insights through that report as well as far as what we're seeing and some of the takeaways. Because, Dan, there, there are opportunities out there. There are pockets, even in the contractor segment as we look at it, of the larger firms that we talk to, 18% are actually seeing higher bid closure rates right now during COVID. So even on the contractor side, it's important, I think, for our market to understand that there are uh, opportunities that are certainly changing needs and behaviors. So we just hope that this is at least one little piece to help help our industry understand some of that. Well, and we appreciate it. You know, we've been we've worked with you guys really closely on a lot of things, and it's great to see that you're not only doing this, but you guys are giving it away at, uh, because it's so important right now. Everybody we talk to says, "What I need more than anything is information," and this information. is a great way to get a good look at it. This is the time. This is the time to put the pedal on the gas to get some research because those that can start understanding the market and how quickly it's changed can more quickly adapt. You know, and and one one last plug that I want to give is. I guarantee you coming out of this and we will come out of it. We all hope that it's going to be sooner rather than later, but it's going to be a different environment out there. Everybody is saying that shopping habits could very well change as we come out of this. And, and if you're a company, whether you're a manufacturer, distributor, or a retailer that wants to get your arms around that, that's exactly what, what the Farnsworth Group can help you do is figure out what customers in your area are doing, how they're shopping differently, if their shopping patterns are changing. Um, and so the ability to get information doesn't stop with this crisis. So I'd give you guys one more plug if you're a manufacturer, distributor, or a retailer that wants to figure out anything about your market, but particularly as we're coming out of this, how it may have changed, don't hesitate to reach out to Farnsworth. That's great, Dan, I appreciate that. And you're spot on. We've got a little stat for you here to maybe finish that, that thought. Uh, over half of the contractors we talked to said they bought materials in the past few weeks online. Yeah. Online has remained either stable or increasing while we're seeing a greater decline in in-store. And the larger the firm, the more likely they are to have bought online. So those new behaviors that have almost changed overnight aren't going to all of a sudden reverse when we're able to go outside of our homes. And so again, I think the quicker that we can understand that as an industry, the quicker that brands can understand that, the quicker that suppliers can understand that, the quicker they can react. And so we're, we're happy to help any way we can dig deeper into understanding uh, unique customer behaviors, product behaviors, et cetera, so that we can better position our clients for success going forward. Fantastic, Grant. Well, thanks again for the update. We hope to have you back on again soon to kind of give us another update and, and hopefully it's still, you know, kind of trending in a positive direction for us. But thank you for your time and thank you for what you guys are doing. Thanks, Dan.